Hello and welcome back to the Vine Podcast. This is Warren and I'm joined again by Jason. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Warren. It's uh, another uh, hot day and and uh, but another beautiful day to be on the podcast. We could just we could record that and just use that as the opening for a while. It's another hot yeah. day and that could be <laughs> yeah at, at least through mid September, I think. That's right. You know, I remember Ash, me and Ashley having conversations about you know, in the spring where it's like, you know, right now being, it's, it's, it's all right being outside and kind of being at home and being outside and the kids playing outside and, but what's going to happen in the summer? And we've hit that point where no one wants to spend the day outside anymore. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, it's too hot. Luckily our kids still play outside in the mornings and evenings, but there comes a point where it just gets, gets a little too much for everyone. Well, having grown up along the Gulf Coast, I, I kind of developed an attitude that if you just embrace the fact that you're going to be sweating like crazy and that you're going to have to find shade regularly and stay hydrated, it's not too bad. Just embrace the reality of it <laughs> and 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 it and it might be a little bit more endurable, you know, I I feel like choosing the right activity, like don't don't expect to go outside and, you know, feel perfectly showered if you spend more than 10 minutes outside. Yes, you cannot uh, do that. You know, That's for sure. No, but, but sure. you know, if you go outside expecting that and, and choose outside activities that can accommodate that, then it's not, it's not quite as bad in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Well, we're going to we're we're going to kick some stuff around, um, kind of starting from from John today, and and see where that takes us in conversation. Because we've been we've been uh, looking at Jesus's I am statements in in the Book of John in our Sunday morning sermon series, and I, I started to kind of notice something last week, and and kind of was reminded of it this week that. It's something that that I've seen before, and I think you know, uh, different people have certainly talked about before. But but I think I really started to see this this theme that's running throughout John that that I think could be interesting for us to to spend some time in discussion about and and see where it leads us. And and so, like I said, I, I started to notice this last week when you know if, if you listen to our worship service last week, we we talked about Jesus's kind of parable. That, that he tells of sorts about uh, sheep and shepherds, and he calls himself the gate and the good shepherd. And, and there's this line, it says in there, that the Pharisees didn't understand what he was saying. And so you've got this kind of juxtaposition of Jesus talking about the sheep understanding the voice of the shepherd and the Pharisees not understanding what he's talking about. And I think you can extrapolate that out then. And, and once you start noticing all these conversations that Jesus is having with people in John, that seems to be a recurring theme that, that it's almost like Jesus and whoever he's talking to are talking about two different things. And, and usually it works out that, that, that the person he's talking to is thinking very sort of literally, earthly, concretely, and, and Jesus is thinking more spiritually, uh, a, a kind of a, a kingdom not of this world type conversation or subject matter. And so just to give you some examples, um, we, you, you can start off with the, the conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus was like, well, what are you talking about? How can I enter my mother's womb again? 
Then you go forward to the Samaritan woman and he tells the Samaritan woman, you know, I have living water. And she's like, well, what are you talking about? Let me have that water so I don't have to keep coming to this well. <laughs> um, and then right after that, he's talking to his disciples. and He says, I have, I have bread that you know nothing about. And the disciples are like, well, maybe he's been hiding some bread somewhere that we don't know about. And almost all, the same I think exact- all of those are reactions, though, that we can understand being in, in that context and having the exact same reaction that they did. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, this I is mean, not to belittle use, them. Yeah, we use, we use that language today, and we seem to know the, the metaphor and the uh, kind of the symbolism that Jesus is using. But that's just simply by the fact that we've grown up in the tradition that understands it. Very true. That's a fair point. But, but you know, it, it keeps happening. Yeah, and, absolutely. And almost the same thing happens with the food and the bread around the feeding of the 5,000 where there's this disconnect that, that happens there. Uh, then again with the Pharisees about blindness and spiritual blindness, it happens to an extent with Martha in the conversation from our text from this past Sunday about the resurrection. And, and those are just examples from the, the part of John that we have covered so far in this series, and, and we haven't touched on all of those stories, but we've gotten up to at least you know John 11 in our series so far, and, and all of those examples come from just the first 11 chapters of, of John. And, and then maybe in the, one of the most well-known examples from the book comes later, you know, when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, and, and Peter ends up saying, well, then, you know, wash my whole body, and, and Jesus basically says, no, you don't know what you're asking for. You've, you've missed the point. And so these things continue to happen where, where someone has kind of missed the point or, or where Jesus and whoever he's talking to seem to be talking about different things uh, or whoever he's talking to doesn't really understand. And so I think it's interesting then to go back and read how John starts uh, so I want to read the first five verses of, of John 1. And these are verses that many of us are, are familiar with, but, but John, were, John 1 starts this way. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And that, that phrase in verse 5, the darkness has not overcome it, that's how it's translated or rendered in the NIV. But literally, that word for overcome is, is probably better understood as uh, as the word understood, that the darkness has not understood it or comprehended it or or grasped or laid hold of as as one kind of description or, or or definition literally says for that word and and I think that's that's interesting and telling and and kind of sets up the the rest of the book in a very different way because if you read it as the darkness has not overcome it right it's like a, a conflict between light and dark. And if you change that to understand it as that the darkness has not understood it or the darkness has not comprehended it, I think that that shapes and informs a lot of what comes next. And, and I think you could read a lot of those, those subsequent conversations then 
from the standpoint of, you know, these are all people who we, we would not describe as sort of evil or, or, or people who are on the side of darkness. But I think we could like look at them as people for whom there, there are areas of darkness or for whom darkness is still kind of shrouding some of their understanding and comprehending of everything that Jesus has come to do. And, and so we see that idea of, of darkness uh, kind of keeping people from, from understanding or laying hold to the light repeatedly then in these different conversations throughout John. And, and so I'll kind of stop there for a minute, Jason, and see just kind of how, how some of that hits you or what thoughts you may have on, on some of that at this point. Well, as I've, I've talked about, well, I've talked about John a number of times. Um, uh, I've, I've talked about John in, um, you know, a couple of sermons that I've done when I filled in and, uh, back a few years ago, actually it's probably been five, four or five years ago. Uh, I took the youth group through the entire gospel of John, you know, chapter by chapter. And we've talked about kind of the themes and how it's, you know, remarkably different from the other three gospels, the synoptic gospels. And one way in which that it's very different is that, uh, the synoptic gospels, you know, they have their own perspective and their point of view. But they're mostly telling the what happened of Jesus's life. And while John does have narratives that tell what happened during Jesus's life, that's not the point. I mean, you see that in just how it begins, if nothing else. Um, And John is really much more concerned with, so what? Why does it matter? What's the point? Um, and, And I think that John has the... Uh, has the the thought that as we read, as we look at the life of Jesus, we, we shouldn't just look at what's happening, but why it really matters. And ultimately, the why it matters is, I think, something that John came to a conclusion about much, much later in his life. Um, and it probably took a lot of reflection and a lot of kind of seeing how Jesus's life played out, and then even how the uh, how, you know, all of the the way the early church was formed and and all of that for John to really get a feel for why it mattered. And so as, as John is going through, you know, recounting some of these events, um, he's able to see that, you know, all of the people there, in many cases, probably including himself, missed the point at the time. Because they didn't have the big picture, they they didn't have the insight to know exactly what Jesus was going for, uh, that 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 it or or even the insight to know that you know what God's plan looked like. And I mean, how how relatable is that, right? That as we're going through our life, um, even just the seemingly mundane and simple aspects of what we may go through that very often we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the, the ways in which we're going to grow and change and uh, the way God's going to use us and use our circumstances um, in ways that we very rarely can appreciate in the moment. And so as I think about the Gospel of John um, and the themes that 
come out and the way that that he writes his gospel, um, I, I'm very much struck by the fact that it is retrospective and it's more looking at why does this matter? You know, what what's the point of what Jesus is saying? And then um, it is important to note the contrast between you know the the point that John may grasp later on in his life that he and others really had no grasp of at the time. Yeah, so almost almost very self-reflective. Absolutely. As, as John is relaying these other conversations, part of it is is self-reflected both for himself and for the group that hey, we we all kind of missed the point here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, you know, I've, I've used the quote in several places before, but I, I often think of the Steve Jobs quote that you can't, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. And, and that idea that, that, yeah, as John looks back over the course of his life, he can, he can begin connecting all these dots and seeing, oh, yeah, this is, this is what Jesus was doing there that we just completely um, didn't have any concept of in the moment. Right. Well, and, and mostly because it, what Jesus was really trying to get across was incredibly revolutionary, but not necessarily revolutionary in the way that they would think of it. You know, that, that it was revolutionary in the humility and in the kind of selflessness that it advocated. And I think that's still revolutionary today. That's still something that even today, you know, 2,000 plus years after the fact... Uh, or almost 2,000 plus, we have very low tolerance for that degree of humility and selflessness. We still struggle with it. Even Christians, um, you know, who who are called to that struggle with it or, or even sometimes outright reject it in the worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, I think it is a, a, good, a good point, like you were saying earlier, just how there's a lot of the language in there that is just common language for us, as, especially people who have grown up sort of around church and Christian vocabulary that are termed like reborn or born again is just kind of, it's commonplace to us. But if you're Nicodemus hearing that like for the first time, what does that sound like? And and I remember one of the times that I first kind of realized some of that was when we were we were in a worship service was someone who was just completely new to Christianity and and someone stood up kind of giving, you know, in at the church we were in at the time, we had what we called communion thoughts, quote unquote. And someone was giving communion thoughts talking about eating eating the flesh and drinking the blood of Jesus, which no one who grew up, you know, within a church would even kind of flinch at or think was weird. But this person who was completely new to it starts looking around like, "Wait a minute, what are we what are we about to do? Right. <laughs> this right. is this is odd. I didn't know that I was coming to some cannibalistic, you know, cult group or something is kind of the look they had on their face. But we just use that language like it's commonplace. And and yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it's good to remember those things about these people who are encountering all of this for the first time. Uh, but it, it it also makes me, I think, kind of realize the ways in which we still probably struggle in in grasping the spiritual and and kind of kingdom message of Jesus 
and and we struggle to see past our immediate circumstances and and the worldly perspective that that we have and and it's it it could be easier for easy for us to look at these people and say oh my goodness how could they miss the point but but i think there's an invitation here for us to ask the same of ourselves like where are we missing the mark and missing the point um because surely we are doing some of these same things in in our own in our own thoughts in our own actions and in our own right. journeys today as mm-hmm. as we go about trying to to conceptualize what is Jesus's message of of another kingdom of a kingdom that's not of this world have to say for how I go about seeing his message and, and living it out. Well, and I think that's uh, frankly I think that is the never-ending and uh insurmountable problem of just communicating about concepts and abstract ideas and things that that are difficult to replicate in you know in concrete terms um so as as you know i'm you know i'm a therapist and that's what i deal with every day is uh communication and and trying you know people trying to communicate things and struggling to do so and struggling to receive the communication from others um, and there are a lot of reasons why that kind of struggle occurs. And I think that it's applicable to think about why that struggle occurs in our personal life, as well as our professional life and in our spiritual life. Um, you know, no word or concept is without some additional meaning. You know, you can look up the dictionary definition of a word, but that is not going to encompass how that word affects you. You know, so take take a word like lying. If I tell you, Warren, I think you're lying to me. Well, the dictionary definition of the word may be you're, you're saying something that is not true. Um, but you could also hear that as not just a statement about what I'm saying about your, um, you know, the the veracity of your statement, you could also hear that as, as that I'm insulting your character. You could hear that as, as something that I'm claiming that you're intending to do. You're intending to be deceptive and you could very easily react to that. Um, instead of reacting to purely the dictionary definition of the word and your reaction would not be unreasonable. It's not unreasonable to have that kind of reaction, but that's not usually the way we talk about such things, you know? And so like one of the examples is, is when I'm working with couples in, in therapy, a lot of times they will have what they believe to be, well, or what they're believing to be a logical and rational conversation. But the problem is the, pro- the, the struggle that they're really needing to communicate about is emotional at its fundamental level. You know, so maybe they're, they're angry or hurt or embarrassed or confused. And instead of articulating those emotions and responding to those emotions, they're saying, well, you did this. How could you have done that to me? And, and don't you, you know, how, what kind of a person would say that or would do that? And by the same token, when, when, when people are expressing themselves in an emotional way, we often get defensive, Right. Well, you have no right to, to accuse me of that. Or, um, well, that's not what I meant. You're taking it all wrong. 
and we get defensive rather than trying to tend to the emotion. Whereas if we were really talking about the emotion, that I would take ownership of, you know, I'm, I'm feeling very hurt or I'm feeling confused. And maybe I can help you understand what it was that I think provoked that. But it's not a matter of accusing the other person as much as it is expressing this is how I feel. And that on the responsive end, that we would see that as, okay, I hear what the person is saying, but their nonverbals, their tone of voice, all of that says that there's a lot of emotion behind that. I need to respond to that emotion. I need to respond with compassion and empathy. Even if I believe that the circumstances that may have brought them to that, maybe they misunderstood or maybe it... Um, Maybe it was just a miscommunication or something like that. Or, or maybe I had reason to do or say what I did. But if I'm really trying to respond to this person, if I'm really trying to engage in what this person is ultimately trying to say, then I probably need to respect the emotion and tend to that. I'm sorry you feel that way. I, or I'm sorry that, that what I said, you know, did this. Um, you know, what would help right now? How, how can I you know, help or, uh, or just sitting there and listening. Um, and so I think that having that kind of dialogue is challenging, again, because we don't always know how to listen to people. And we don't always know how to communicate that. And when we look at the gospel, and we look at what Jesus is trying to do, he was trying to, he was saying something that was revolutionary. He was saying something that the, the disciples and the Pharisees and the people around him really didn't know how to wrap their head around and they you know many of them wouldn't know for years and years and years um and and i think that they definitely had struggled to respond in ways that you know matched what jesus was trying to say yeah and i think i think the other or at least something that um that what you were just saying made me think of is that if we recognize the difficulties that we have some of the with some of this just in interpersonal conversations and relationships how, how much more difficult it would be or i think we could recognize that how much more difficult it may be for us to comprehend that between us and our relationship with with god with christ and that like these are these are just struggles of interpersonal communication that we deal with in in kind of all relationships when when i'm just talking with another human um how much more than would would some of these uh difficulties and tendencies to to miscommunicate and to not hear and to not comprehend how much more likely are those to manifest themselves if i'm trying to uh to comprehend the message of of christ in this kind of other other world uh, non, not of this world kingdom message that he's he's trying to get across to us, and and so I almost think you know kind of going back to something you were saying earlier about kind of the self reflective nature of, of of some of these conversations that that John may be getting at. Um, I think we could take some encouragement with this idea that that like it seems to even take John a while to realize oh okay here's here's what was going on and. And that, that there's benefit sometimes of just experiencing life and 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 being willing to be self-reflective to see, okay, what was God doing in this moment? 
how can I grow as a result of, of what he has led me through here and, and continuing to grow and understanding that, yes, I don't understand everything right now and, and that's okay, but I'm going to keep learning and growing as I keep figuring all this out and, and continue to become more aware and understand more as I, as I get older and be okay that I, I don't know it all right now. Well, and, and I think a lot of that, well, I think a lot of that re- requires us to learn how to listen better. Um, that's another thing that I see over and over again in, in, in therapy is that we as, uh, as a group, and I mean like people in general, um, do not know how to listen. Listen is not merely hearing the words that another, another person has to say. You know, and to see an example of this, watch any kind of uh, cable news debate show. There's no listening ever going on. Even if they respond directly to what another person says, no one is listening. Listening is the act of hearing and, and, and hearing what the other person has to say with the assumption that something they may say could influence you in some way, could influence how you think could influence your perspective, could influence your, if nothing else, just your understanding about them. If we're not open to influence, then we're not really listening. And I think that that's a a struggle we have, not just in our relationship with other people, but in our relationship with God as well. And as we're going through struggles and as we're listening or as we're, you know, um, trying to proceed through life, we have to be open to listening to what God is trying to tell us. And in, and in that case, it may not be as much listening with our ears, but listening with our perspective. So is God trying to show me something to bring more hope into my life? Is God trying to show me ways in which I might need to change within myself rather than waiting or, or encouraging other people outside of me to change? Um, and, and that kind of listening, as with any skill, takes practice. You're not good at it at first. People aren't good, aren't natural listeners, I don't believe. Uh, it's a skill that we have to practice and work at very hard and, and do it over and over and over again. Um, and, and that again, I think that's why we're just not very good at it because we don't practice it. We don't do it regularly enough and we don't treat it like a discipline to be um, you know, renewed over and over again. And I, I think that speaks to kind of our current cultural moment too, that, you know, that's something we were hoping to kind of accomplish over the last two weeks with the conversations we, we wanted to have on this podcast of, Hey, we just want to take some time to listen and, and hear the perspective of others and, and, and to then be willing to ask ourselves some questions in response to that. And, and even in, in this kind of this, this time of, of pandemic, you know, I think we're seeing how, you know, it's it's tempting to just kind of, especially we, I think we see this kind of perspective in our culture of, of people wanting to just rely on, on their own own understanding and experiences and say, well, I haven't been, I haven't you know been negatively impacted by the the virus by myself. You know, why would I need to do this? Why do I need to wear a mask? Why do I need to social distance? You know, and and just the we're seeing the the benefits of and the reasons for listening to experts oh, and listening to to people who know what they're talking about and Ain't that the truth 
And so, and and I think some of that is, you know, as as some of that hits closer to home for us as as more of our church family members, as more of our kind of family members in in many of our cases are are impacted by positive tests and and having kind of complications with the virus or at least knowing people who have it, some of that is hitting closer to home. But mm-hmm. um but I think we are realizing in very tangible ways, yeah, it's it's good to listen to the perspective of others and to know how others experience the world. Um, it's helpful to listen to experts, whatever that field may be in, and realize I don't have all the answers for, for every part of life. And, and I do think we can, we can kind of relate that to the message of Jesus and, and being, being willing to ask ourselves questions like, am, am I sitting with some of this um, with Am I giving if I, am I giving the message and voice of Jesus enough time to have an impact in my life? Am I familiar enough with His voice to understand it and recognize it and and react um, to His voice? Kind of as we talked about last week, and and am am I doing the work to learn and to grow as I move forward so that I can come to better comprehend His His message, His kingdom message, and His message of of love that he's communicating over and over again as we grow in our own faith. And I think it's easy, like the, you brought up the conversations that we've had the last couple of weeks regarding, um, you know, race in the church. And I, I think it's easy for us to listen. Well, I shouldn't say easy. It's easier to listen to those voices when I'm not the oppressed person. And I feel like, okay, well, I feel like everything's fine for me but something isn't fine for somebody else sure i'll listen to what they have to say i'll allow my perspective to be influenced there it's a lot more difficult if i also feel like i'm being wronged or i'm be i'm not being heard either um and i think to look at that just look at some of your personal relationships um if you're in an argument with your spouse and you're you don't feel like they're you don't believe that they're really listening to you you're much less likely to be trying to listen to them as well. And yeah. so I could hear I could hear people listening to what we're having to say and go, well, but who's there to listen to me? And that's that's a question that doesn't have a good answer. And that's why we we really need to do our best in all moments to try to listen to to God, listen to each other, listen to ourselves while still kind of putting out there, here's, here's what I have to say, but I still want to hear what you have to say. And it's kind of that both and response that I think ultimately allows us to kind of see the, the broader tapestry of, you know, of humanity and the broader tapestry of, of God's kingdom. Very good. I like it. We'll, um, We'll allow that to be kind of the closing thought of our conversation for today. Then I think, cause I think that's a good a good thought for us to close on. Uh, so we'll we'll wrap up there for today. And thanks for listening. And we're gonna keep just kind of digging into some different topics and, and issues and conversations uh, over the course of the coming weeks in this space. And appreciate all who are listening and taking time for this. Jason, you want to close us in prayer for today? Absolutely. Dear God, I thank you for the uh, opportunity that you have or that you give us to learn from uh, each other, uh, to get closer to you through each other. Um, God, I, 
I pray that we can look at the misunderstandings in the Gospel of John and elsewhere in the Bible as cautionary tales. Um, God, your son um, had so much to teach us and still does have so much to teach us. And Lord, I ask that we open our hearts and open our ears to those lessons, especially when they may challenge our own perspective and when they may call into question um, the thoughts and ideas that we may have preconceived. Help us also to listen to each other. Listen, help us to listen to the heart and the pain and the suffering that other people may be going through, even as we ourselves may be going through pain and suffering. Help us to respond with care and love and empathy and be able to, uh, to ease their pain simply by being a loving and, and caring presence in their lives. Uh, thanks, thank you again for the life that you give us, for the joy that you give us every day. And it's in your son's holy and blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen.